0: Welcome into Carver Hawkeye Arena. It's Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper here from Illini Enquirer. As we just saw, another great game in this rivalry. Unfortunately for Illinois, it ends up an 81-79 loss to Iowa. That snaps Illinois' five-game win streak in this series. And I think, Derek Piper, you got called for three fouls in this game. <laughs> uh, I imagine that's going to be a big topic, as it should be a big topic. Illinois called for 22 fouls in this game, 16 in the second half is iowa makes 26 of 30 free throws 22 of 25 in the second half tony perkins goes off for 32 points 15 free throws from perkins in the second half Derek, i thought this was a phenomenal basketball game uh i do think illinois followed a lot uh dane danger terran shannon matthew meyer ty rogers i believe all had at least four in this game and i think a lot of them were warranted Uh, but brad underwood lamented that, that they didn't have enough discipline on defense But for me, I'll give my big take. I'm not too concerned about this loss for the long term because I thought Illinois uh, showed that it's a really good team, playing a really good team in a really tough environment. Uh, They just didn't execute quite enough uh, offensively or defensively, especially in the second half
1: late. For sure. My big take is, man, I love these games. (laughs) These games are awesome. The rivalry, they're always close. I know that this was the fifth out of the last six games to be within two possessions or less and always go down to the wire You got teams that admittedly dislike each other. You got fan bases that uh, are you know pitted against each other and at each other on Twitter. And uh, there's there's pettiness in the building when you got the boys and girls club walk to center court to to be honored during halftime. And it's just fun. I mean, really talented players. You've had some really high level guys in this in in this uh, battle here recently. I know that some of the faces have changed. You go from Luca to Luca and Kofi and Io to you know last year you had Trent and keegan murray and now you
0: except Connor mccaffrey continues to be here i, I, I was just yeah, waiting for constant i was just waiting for demonte williams to walk through the door it's like oh that's demonte's music here he comes back
1: that would have been awesome but uh <laughs> they need to do a alumni reunion game like five ten years down the road to, to get this thing going as many of these battles as possible but yeah i'm with you No, no real negative uh big picture takeaway for illinois uh, these are two teams trending in the right direction. Yep. Uh, they, they've now both won seven of the last ten, I believe. Uh, when, when you look at teams that started zero and three in the league and, and now uh, sitting there at seven and five, so uh, yeah, Iowa is a load offensively. Uh, I think for the most part, you, you take Chris Murray scoring nineteen points and needing you know eleven shots to do it. Not that he was inefficient or anything, but it was Tony Perkins what he was able to do going off and. Unfortunately, the refs seemed to get in the way a little bit. I thought the first half was a little bit more of just let these teams go up and down, and it was more tightly called. I know we'll get into some specific ones, and and those at home probably had more – they definitely had more access to the replays, and I know that there was talk on Twitter about did Epps get hit on that three at the end, or uh, was Coleman getting hacked on some of those reviews about who was it off of. I do know on the Shannon one – he goes to the rim it was the last like nine or ten minutes of the second half it seemed like every reasonable amount of contact was called a foul and he did go into the lane and get hit a little bit i don't think it was it was super egregious at least in my opinion but i understand some frustration there but it's it didn't to me take away from what was an awesome basketball game and two teams that hopefully meet up again in march in chicago big ten tournament
0: yeah listen you want to win every game and right every game does matter for illinois you know probably not going to win the Big Ten now, right? Um, Purdue could lose today. I haven't checked the the score of uh, – yeah, that's a really close one. Indiana up four uh, at home over Purdue late. So Purdue's going to have to lose a bunch of games, and I still don't know if that's going to happen. So to, to lose your fifth and 12 games and Purdue still just has one loss, at least right now, that, that certainly gives you – probably loses any hope that, that you could do that. But I think the season isn't about that. <laughs> the season is about does this team have what it takes – to make it an extended run in the NCAA tournament and nothing to, that I saw today detracts from that. Um, because I think Iowa can too. Uh, I, I think Iowa was a really good team. Uh, if they get any kind of guard play like they got today out of, Tony Perkins, I know Aaron Uless has played really well. Like that has really catapulted their season is, is those guys really improving along with Chris Murray being a star, Philip or uh, being awesome. But yeah, I mean, there are probably some questionable calls that we can go back and say, yeah, this, this changed a two point game. That certainly could be the case, but I also thought oh, and I had a chance to win this game. I mean, Terrence Shannon, if he finishes that layup or if, you know, Coleman Hawkins makes a shot, mm-hmm. he was 0 seven today. Like you have a, one of your top players go seven. Um, And Coleman did some good things on Chris Murray. I thought Murray made some tough shots over Coleman. And Coleman had nine rebounds, I believe, six on the offensive glass, seven on the offensive glass. So there there were some good things. Just the the difference in these games are really small. And I thought a lot of those were execution by Illinois. Like, they did foul a lot. Brad Brad Underwood did not come out and say, "Ah, this was uh, questionable calls. He said, no, we we were not disciplined uh, in this game. And he mentioned it. Second time uh, on the road that they've done that, Northwestern and, and now Iowa. So, so what do you think they take away from, from losing a close game and you know having some issues themselves and not winning the game?
1: Right. I, I think that Brad harped on the fouls and also just some of the effort plays. It seemed for the most part Illinois really was winning in that category on the offensive glass and, and were creating second-chance opportunities and seemed to just be out hustling the Hawkeyes for the most part throughout the game, but late – I know that Brad was really mad that RJ gave up a a blockout that led to a second chance, and ultimately Sanford hits a three, and they also gave up a a missed free throw, one of the few Iowa missed free throws down the stretch. They got a second chance on that one as well. So it's kind of the the effort plays that have to go your way late, and then fouling, yeah, it just gives teams too good of an opportunity to to get points on a possession. And then for as good of a day as Matthew Meyer had, the fact that he had kind of a ticky-tack one to pick up a second Late in the first half, and to not have him those final four or five minutes, uh, that hurt when he was on a absolute roll. And it was really just him putting two hands on a guy, which he, he didn't really like, you know, knock him off a spot. It wasn't uh, a crazy physical foul; it was just one that's very technical for the ref. They see two hands on a guy, and uh, that's where it's it's the discipline. It's cutting out some of the ones that are that are obvious and, and just aren't helping you. So uh, they got to learn from that because we know this is a a pretty darn good defensive team when they are not sending teams to the free throw line. Uh, I didn't think that Illinois was going to be able to like hold down Iowa by any means. I mean, for Iowa to score 81 isn't, isn't particularly surprising. So uh, yeah, I think offensively there were some good things, but of course, like you mentioned, Coleman didn't help you at all offensively outside of the offensive glass. Terrence had a pretty tough game outside of maybe, you know, two threes that he hit and, uh, his fouls, his, his turnovers. And that's, that's another thing. Like, the turnovers, for you to double up Iowa in turnovers, 14 to 7, uh, that's a, a game-changing stat right there. And there were a lot of sloppy ones that they definitely had throughout the game.
0: Yeah, you own this game in the paint, right? I thought you owned this game with, with your length and, and your probably physicality. Uh, for for the most part in this game, and I thought they're pretty good defensively outside of the fouling. Right, you force some tough twos on Murray and Perkins. Uh, they shoot seven of nineteen from three against this Iowa team. You're gonna take that. Um, it just they got too many easy ones uh, at, at the free throw line. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention here, Derek, is at the end of the first half, you know, Illinois was getting some separation, up seven, uh, and, and then Rebracha uh, gets the goaltend call, makes the free throw, uh, and then Jaden Epps forces a shot instead of waiting and whittling down the clock and getting your last shot and get, not letting Iowa get another one. Uh, he misses it. Iowa gets the rebound and, and Chris Murray just nailed a three in Terrence Shannon's face. Like Terrence Shannon didn't do anything wrong there, but Murray just nailed the three. Uh, but that was a huge swing. And then they start off the second half, take the lead. Uh, that was a huge momentum swing. And those are the kind of things that you got to learn from. Like we, we could talk about, Hey, in the closing minutes, how'd you do? Illinois got some good looks. Uh, I thought they got some good looks offensively. For me, it was those little moments uh, where, where you're following 90 feet from the basket, Matthew Meyer, when, um, you know, Jaden Epps, don't don't take that shot. you got to be basketball IQ, you know, basketball 101 here. Uh, wait until that clock runs down so they can't get any momentum going into halftime.
1: For sure. And, yeah, that's something we'll definitely be able to learn from and have more awareness to. And I even think down the stretch, like well, I know we'll probably talk about that last sequence where you're down three and you wanted to get the ball to Matthew Meyer. And I know Brad mentioned that you didn't want to call a timeout there to, to break any momentum or, or just let Iowa set its defense. So that's another thing that kind of when you're in the game, you, you learn from and can kind of get to, but for sure that, that definitely swung it down the stretch of the first half. And that was, you can point back and say, that was the difference. I know RJ missed a wide open corner three right before Epps's attempt as well. So uh, Jade needed to. It's hard when you're that open, and I don't mind for the type of game that Jaden had. Uh, it, it's not terrible that he took the shot, but knowing what the result was, and for Chris just yeah. to throw one in there that contested, uh, it definitely was a, a tough swing there. But that that miss by RJ continues to reemphasize just kind of the the tough the tough uh, nature that that's yeah. going on with him. Like it's tough to play him right now with how he, yeah. how he's going.
0: Yeah, no, R.J. was a minus 15 in the plus minus. And it's not always that that lines up, but that's it's kind of been a trend uh, for R.J. I think he was a minus 10 or something in the last game. It's tough to play him. He had to play because Rodgers got in foul trouble. Meyer got in foul trouble. But, man, he, is, uh, he went 0 for 1 shooting today. Didn't really look interested in shooting it today. Had a turnover. And, yeah, not getting Matthew Meyer the ball. He gave it to Jaden Epps in the corner. Jaden's having a great game. But man, Matthew Meyer has to touch the ball because Jaden can get blocked, right? Matthew Meyer is not going to get blocked by anybody that, that's guarding him. So uh, that was another miscue there. But yeah, let's bring I, up. Oh, go ahead, Eric. Yeah.
1: I think that's one thing if you're a fan, I know that some are weighing here on it on, on the chat. Like for Brad to say that he didn't want to time out, I think you could tell kind of right away when RJ has the ball in the perimeter and, and it's like plays into a handoff of RJ and Epps. Brad should probably be by the ref. Not to say that he wasn't because yeah. I, I don't have the, the replay of it, but that's when sometimes coaches go into it like, I'm not going to call a timeout. Oh, this is not what I want. I need to yeah, call Yeah, that back. makes
0: sense, right? Because uh, the defense isn't set. You can't set up your defense. You can't substitute anybody. Like That's what he was doing. And and I, I can understand that because if Matthew Meyer gets the ball, I'd be really good about it.
1: He was the only guy in Illinois that made a three the last 12 minutes of the game. And it was only one. So you're down three, you needed one, and he was the guy that had to have the ball and. it. He unfortunately did not.
0: Yeah, so I I think that criticism is fair. When RJ has the ball in that situation, you probably want to get out of his hands. Uh, And and as a coach, you might want to call up something in an action that you can have. Um, But let's talk about a big positive, Derek. Uh, Matthew Meyer has been Illinois' best player. I I am now confident to say he's Illinois' uh, best player and and has been for for more than a month now. But Jaden Epps has emerged. Brad Underwood called him a rock star after this game. His second half was phenomenal. Uh, Twelve point, or 14 of his 16 points came there. He had 11 straight points as Iowa was making its run and making all these free throws. Jaden Epps just has these stress-relieving, uh, crowd-silencing-on-the-road moments where his takes to the rim, he's got strength, he's finishing, uh, hits that step-back two, hits a three um, to have that player emerge is just another reason I'm starting to believe even more in this team, despite a loss today. I'm starting to believe more about this team's
1: capability going into March. Definitely. Yeah. He's been awesome to now 10 of the last 12, he's been in double figures. So he's been super consistent. Uh, The fact that, yeah, he can get to the rim and it's been a constant conversation of of teams just can't keep him out of the pain. And and it is, he makes it look so effortless the way he just kind of slices through the defense and, and is composed and controlled and, can take some contact because he's a little bit stronger than you'd expect a freshman to be and uh, has a really good knack for being able to finish scoop layups, different uh, release points around the basket. And then, yeah, he he started to feel it where he's behind the back, step back there or behind the back, step, um, pull up there, mid-range, and then does hit that three ball as well. So uh, we knew that he's extremely offensively talented, especially to score the ball. You complement it with a a five-assist game and to not have a turnover, right? Yeah, Uh, no turnovers today. And now that he's able to really take the keys, and I know Brad even mentioned and called him a a leader, a guy that's kind of developing into that role as well, or someone that is starting to dial things up with his play calls when he's out there on the floor. So he's fully, I mean, the floor general of the present, obviously the future as well, but uh, he's taking it and run with it. And now to just continue to build on that, to to have this type of game and a rivalry. Uh, I know Iowa's not great defensively, but still like to play in this building that was just raucous and, and packed to the, the very last row and do it against Iowa and, and you have Tony Perkins rolling, but Epps is trading punches with him. Oh, that was a big deal. And doesn't doesn't look like a freshman at all.
0: And that's what's amazing. He's a freshman. And he's, like, the steadiest dude out there. Like, he's the most poised. Like, Matthew Meyer is playing like a star, playing an all-Big Ten second-teamer probably right now um, because the first team is really, really good. But at times, he was the best player on the court. Um, So – you get Jade Nepps who now emerge as somebody steady. Well, let's be honest. Terrence Shannon has not been steady here, here recently. Like, he'll give you steady production, but it's not been very efficient. Uh, Coleman Hawkins is, is far from steady for, for this team, uh, even though he does some really good de- things defensively and he's starting to be better on the glass. Uh, R.J. Melendez is struggling. Sincere Harris is a little bit up and down. We know Ty Rogers can be a little bit up and down. Uh, to have that is, is great. And it's just to know you have a future – Derek of, of him and Dane Danger paired together as well as a present with those guys with Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins that's exciting man like he is a foundational piece to what they're going to do and, and last year Brad Underwood's mentioned oh look good he's going to score 1500 career points <laughs> we'll get to look good here in a little bit but Jade Nepps, if he said that I would not blink an eye because because right. Jaden Epps is going to score a lot of buckets and a lot of points at Illinois
1: a ton yeah and you mentioned there the pairing of him and Danger I thought Jade made some great feeds in the pick and roll. That was really good to see. And uh, just kind of, yeah, big picture how big it was for Chester to be able to. He, he was kind of in the ear of Jade and his dad while they were committed to Providence. Chester had been on him a long time and it brought him into Blacksburg there at, at Tech for a visit when he was a freshman and kind of wanted him just to, to open it up and, and give them a chance. Obviously, Kansas was in the mix as well. And that, that was just a monster recruiting win to be able to get him uh, I think the way it's played out with sky, you wouldn't, you know, we know that Sky's a talented player uh, obviously has not hadn't been playing well, uh, wasn't a hundred percent off the knee or anything, but uh, the way it's played out to just let Jaden like take away the, any kind of controversy, take away any kind of uh, situation where sky would be taking minutes from, from Jaden. I, I think it's worked out perfectly in that sense. Yeah. I know you worry about maybe depth a little bit, especially if Jaden were to get in foul trouble or anything, as far as a point guard uh, position, but, yeah, the, be, the
0: silver lining is Jaden Epps Over the last month, has has emerged, felt comfortable, and, and felt confident.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. And he's he's the guy of the future. You can build around him. And I think, I mean, there will be real thoughts of, of how you want to approach this going forward in the portal. And I think you might even be in a situation. I know there's been some dialogue of do we want to get like a veteran ball handle or anything. It probably someone you obviously you're going to pair with Jaden, but maybe Jaden will show that he. He is that point. Maybe it's more of a combo, but I know that's down the road. But uh, for what this team has coming up uh, as this thing is is the home stretch of your resume building and where you're going to finish in the Big Ten, how he's rolling is great. And I think just that composure is something Mm -hmm. that you get in an NCAA tournament. I know until you're there, you don't really know how guys are going to respond, but uh, very encouraging kind of what we've seen in in some big moments and, and what he could do on that stage as well.
0: I also want to mention Ty Rogers, second half, not that great, but I I thought he made an immediate impact. He was the first guy off the bench, had six points and five rebounds in the first half. Derek played 13 minutes in the first half. So I just wanted to mention his his progress continues to grow um, and his confidence continues to grow, especially offensively, what he's doing. But uh, he just changes the game on the glass, man. Uh, Just the possessions – he keeps alive on offense. The possessions he ends on defense with his rebounding uh, I, I think is game-changing. So um, that freshman class of of Epps, Rogers, and Harris uh, looks like it's going to be one that sticks around for a while, in my opinion, and also one that's going to win a lot
1: of games. Yeah, that trio is really exciting. And Ty, offensively, it has been very impressive to be able to – like he comes off the two-man game and goes to the rim. It, he's got everything you need to be someone that's going to – be a factor at finishing around the basket. He's got the handle. He's got the size. can use either hand. He got a really nice reverse finish as well. There was a play where he gets downhill at one point. He didn't go for the finish. Instead, found Matt in a corner for a kickout. He's definitely a lot more confident and comfortable offensively, which wasn't the case, you know, back in December. And uh, defensively, we know that he's very capable. Fouled a little bit too much, which is kind of the recurring theme of the day overall. Um, but then, yeah, on the glass, he's just – an animal and someone that plays with a ton of tenacity and uh, a high motor. And and he, he, when he's out there on the court, he looks like a guy that, you know, has been in the big 10 for three, four years, just the way that he's built and the way that uh, he plays. So very exciting future for that trio together.
0: Yeah. If you got any questions, send those in now. Uh, We're going to wrap up probably in the next 10 minutes, but Derek, next week two home games uh, against Minnesota on Tuesday, Rutgers on Saturday. Uh, Rutgers is second place in the Big Ten right now. Uh, Minnesota obviously last in the Big Ten. Uh, so you still won seven of nine here and a chance with two home games next week, Derek, to get more separation uh, in this Big Ten race. And this race really for a double buy, I think it is, for, for most of these teams that are competing towards the top of the Big Ten. Iowa got a big one today in, in their only matchup against Illinois, which can we protect this? Can we get two games of Iowa-Illinois every year, please? I'd love for them to return back to State Farm Center, but uh, this is a week where Illinois, again, can, can make up a lot of ground. Take take care of business against a really bad Minnesota team, uh, and then home against Rutgers, you got to do what Iowa did today and protect home court if you want to get one of those double buys.
1: Yeah, and you think about trying to get back even with Rutgers, they're at Indiana and they're at Illinois, so they got a brutal week upcoming and could be an 0-2 for them if Indiana gets them, and then if, if Rutgers takes the loss in Champaign as well, I mean, it's going to be a, a really tough game for the Illini. I, I mean, we can pretty much, I would imagine, I don't want to jinx anything, but pencil in a win against Minnesota because they're just god-awful. They're terrible.
0: Minnesota can play with Illinois for 20 minutes. I, it's 40 minutes. They
1: can't do it. It's like Nebraska.
0: Like I think Nebraska can play with Illinois for 30 minutes, but that last 10 is going to be very, very difficult just because there's such a, a talent and depth advantage.
1: Right, and we saw that Terrence made life tough for Jamison Battle, same with Ty. And they, they really need Battle and Dawson Garcia to to own the game for them to have a chance against Illinois.
0: Yeah, and Garcia's been out the last three games with a bone bruise. Um, so he'll just be maybe coming back. Um, so, yeah, you like Illinois there. But that that Rutgers matchup's a big one for Illinois because you got to protect your home court there.
1: For sure, yeah. And those teams have played a number of close games uh, or just had really good battles. I, I know that right. maybe uh, Illinois has had some tough – One's on the road at the rack, uh, but Illinois has has done a good job. Uh, I know that last year got a a big win, a blowout win over Rutgers at home. Uh, And they're a tough, gritty, Steve Feichel physical team that uh, is great defensively. Uh, We know that Mulcahy can get it going in in that pick and roll. We know that uh, Amori's a an athletic finisher inside uh, and and someone that would really challenge Dane in in that. Uh, Cam Spencer's a good shooter. Uh, it's a, it's a veteran team, especially in their starting five and uh, McConnell's a really good defender. So like yeah. that's one of the toughest, it will be interesting to see kind of what they decide to do. Uh, they might, the way Matthew Meyer going right now, they might actually decide to put McConnell on, on Meyer mm-hmm. instead of Shannon, but uh, a guy that defensive player of the year in the league last year, can really uh, lock guys down with his athleticism and length. So uh, that'll be a tough game, but yeah, you need to be able to hold serve at home would be a quad one win. And uh, I know that the Crush will be excited to impact a, a big game at, on their home home turf here coming up next weekend.
0: Yeah, uh, Rutgers number 19 right now in the net. So Illinois three and 6 against quad one opponents. Obviously some great wins right now with two top ten wins in UCLA and Texas. So their resume, as long as they take care of business against the teams they should, that they'll be fine with all of that. But uh, if you want to elevate your seating here a little bit, uh, get another quad one win would be – Really important. Uh, before we get out of here, Derek, everyone asked us about Luke Goody. Uh, so Brad Underwood was asked about Luke Goody uh, after the game, said he wasn't going to throw him out in this game. He's only practiced five on five a few times, uh, he said. Uh, so I think there's going to be gradual progress. Like I think he could play Minnesota just to get up and down the court if you have a big lead in the second half. But meaningful minutes in a close game, I don't think we're quite there yet. So what are you expecting uh, with how Underwood plays this with Luke Goody?
1: Yeah, I think that coming up, it is the Minnesota game. Uh, Maybe you wait till you get a a comfortable lead to be able to throw him out there. And I know when Ray Thompson came back, obviously he he didn't miss as much time as Luke, but uh, had a knee injury and kind of got like a a five, six minute spurt uh, in his first game back and then really was able to ramp it up after that. So maybe you only give Luke one or two, you know, sub in, sub out, maybe go for four, a four minute stretch and and then you sub him back out. Uh, they they would know better than we would as far as what his conditioning level is. Although they did mention that after his first practice back, he was, he was searching for his lungs. He was gasping for air. Uh, so it's tough. You go from just, you know, some shooting workouts and and trying to stay in shape in the underwater treadmill and everything. Not that I wouldn't have any experience or even know what that's like, but, uh, it's different than playing the type of speed of a game and and even just to, to go and practice. So, uh, yeah, two practices Thursday, Friday. I know when RJ wasn't playing all that well, you wondered, you know, maybe would we see Luke for a stretch, but it was such a, a tight game and it would be tough to have not played for three-plus months and to go out there. But the Minnesota game is really a, a perfect one to test it and see what you got in Luke and then allow him to to build on it. It's going to be something that I'd be surprised if he comes out and, you know, from the from the get-go he's a 40-plus three-point shooter, and just lights yeah. it up and looks like he hasn't missed a beat. But then again, you, you never really know. I know he's going to play his butt off. I know he's got the three-point shooting capability. He moved around pretty well in warm-ups out there that we saw today. He was shooting off the, off the move and, and was making a good amount of them. But uh, it will be finally uh, good just to see it and be able to react until, instead of trying to hypothesize and answer this question, which we've been doing for a while.
0: Yeah, time after time. Uh, and I'll say this about shoot-around and, and warm-ups. R.J. Melendez sinks a lot of them. He makes a lot of them, Uh, so it seems like it's in the head uh, right now for RJ Melendez, and it's tough to watch. He's tough to play uh, right now at this moment, especially when Sincere Harrison, um, especially Ty Rogers might give you more uh, with everything else. All right, Derek, one question uh, to wrap this up. I think it's a good one by Mark. It feels like this team is becoming more and more consistent. I I like that Mark's saying that after a loss because I do think we saw some consistency with Illinois today playing well. Uh, If they continue to play at this level, can they finish top four and get double by in the big 10 tournament. What do you think?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I I definitely think so. You're still going to have a a tough one on the road at Indiana, a tough one on the road at Purdue. Uh, The Rutgers game at home is a big challenge as well. Uh, And we know it's, it's really kind of a, a daunting final six games when you factor in even the road trip to Penn state, Uh, still going to have to play Hunter Dickinson, Michigan, Uh, they're they're not all that good, but uh, yeah, I agree with the, the consistency part of it. This was an encouraging day for the offense. Like to be able to have Epps, Meyer, and Dane all really kind of pop in the same game it was great. I just need Shannon to get back into uh, a rhythm and and be more consistent. Uh, I like. I don't want to see games, I know that teams are scheming against his drives, but it was another one where he takes more threes and it was, uh, you know, two point field goals, shots at the rim. And part of that's, that's game planning, but uh, I do think he falls in love with the three a little bit too much. Uh, his his turnovers have have hurt him in some games too, and Coleman's got to be someone that is more reliable. And maybe it's not going to happen, but uh, I do think his energy's been good. I do like that about him. I know he's defending pretty well for sure. It's been uh, tougher
0: but, on the glass, man. Way yeah. tougher on the glass.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's just the the lack of of shot making uh, mm-hmm. boost is. It's hurting you, especially because you don't get it from RJ. You don't really get it from Sincere. And uh, just kind of the offensive inconsistency, that's one thing that you still wonder about if it's going to hurt you down the road. That
0: leads me right into Marshall. What is Illinois' biggest Achilles heel right now? It's shot making, right? I mean, outside of Matthew Meyer, who, who makes shots? Like, Jade Neps can. Dane Danger's around the rim. Terrence Shannon is not consistently making two of six is a good night for him from three, but he, he struggled, uh, from two today. Uh, but that, that's it. They need another shot maker to emerge. They need Coleman or RJ or Lou Goody, um, to, to really emerge here as, as a shot maker because they just don't have consistency, uh, from, from the three point line, like seven to 22 has been way better than what they've shot here recently, but it's still just 3% better, um, than what they're averaging during big 10 play. So, Tonight, I thought that showed up late late in the game. They just didn't make some of these open shots. Coleman Hawkins, open three in the corner. Uh, Peyton Sanford made it. Coleman Hawkins did For sure.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. And when you think about how much is on Matthew Myers played offensively right now, if he has an off game, you're probably in trouble. Uh, you know that Epps wants to get downhill. You know, Shannon wants to get downhill. Until you really are making enough threes and taking the right ones, too. Uh, I think there are times, I mean, even Shannon would – kind of had that ISO, he he made one or two of those, but uh, yeah, it it will clog up the lane. It will make teams play zone. If you face a really good defender that can make life tough on Matt, uh, that's kind of what hurts. And and same thing with Dane too. Like Dane, as far as the spacing you want to give him inside, it's the the three point shooting that can open things up there. So the the fact that that's not looking at a, at a high rate, is still a criticism. And yeah, I'd say shot making and just kind of overall offensive consistency.
0: I love this rivalry, Derek. You mentioned the pettiness of bringing up um, the Boys and Girls Club and announcing them. the crowd went wild to that. It was, it's just fantastic. Like, I, I love that they are embracing this. Iowa, after the game, crushed with their graphic. <laughs> uh, and then there's a picture of uh, one of the Iowa players in the locker room. I think it's Sanford writing Orange Crush on there. They're bored. So this, is, this is fantastic, man. Like, this is what it's all about. And what I love yeah. about this one is they both acknowledge, like, we don't like each other. We're rivals. But that's what makes college basketball fun. Like, Indiana doesn't claim Illinois as a rival, right? There, there's Indiana who they're playing today. Uh, Michigan doesn't claim Illinois arrival, a rival, even though Illinois owned that one here for a little bit here uh, under Juwan Howard. This one, it's mutual.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> it's very awesome. And to see, like, Trent Frazier win on Twitter and say, you know, Forget Iowa. Uh, we don't like those guys. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, Iowa really started, as far as the honesty goes, like we yeah. don't like them. They don't like us. We want to kill them. Uh, so, yeah, to have the the pettiness angle, uh, the, the coaches that are, are very fiery, both really getting after it, but they obviously like each other a lot. They're, they've been tight, but uh, there is the the battles on the court. Like even Connor McCaffrey and Matthew Meyer talking trash to each other on the court, they were really chirpy. Uh, but it, it's fun. It, the, the fans embrace it. The players do as well. And uh, it's, it's just fantastic basketball. They're fun, fun games to watch. They're usually pretty high-scoring. And they're intense. They always come down to the wire. So more yeah. of this, please. Thank you.
0: Yeah, good, good, uh, protected rivalries. We do that in football. Let's protect these rivalries uh, in basketball as well. All right, for Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner Carver Hawkeye Arena. Thank you guys for listening to the Line Inquirer podcast. Thanks to all of you watching on the YouTube channel. Give us a like uh, on these videos. That really helps us out. Um, and uh, – of course, follow us on YouTube. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and review. We appreciate that. Plenty of content coming up at Illinois. Inquire. We got everything from this basketball game. We're going to write about Jade Nepps. We're going to write about a close game. Illinois hasn't played many of those. Uh, we'll have player grades. I got a lot of football content coming up uh, as well this weekend at Illinois. Inquire. So everybody, have a great weekend. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illinois Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.